You're listening to the official ABC Once Upon a Time podcast. I'm your host, Estelle McGecky, and I'm here with the creators and executive producers of Once, Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis, who will guide you through a recap of The Evil Queen, episode 220. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. In the opening scenes, Hook was pretty smug until he sees that Mr. Gold is alive. Yes, well, that's the thing about revenge. It feels good until you realize you failed. I actually really like the whole revenge theme in this piece. Yeah, I think this was um, a moment where I think Hook thought he got revenge. And I think like we saw with Regina and Welcome to Storybrooke, it's enjoyable for a day, two, sometimes even a week, maybe even a month. But at a certain point, as he said, revenge is an end, not a beginning. And I think when he sees Gold and Belle walking down the street happy, he doesn't just see himself failing. He sees a man who's moved on. And he realizes that that's why Gold has beat him. That's why Rumpel has beat him. Not because he's still alive, but because he's moved on and he's found love. And Hook has nothing but revenge. I love that perspective. That's actually something that I really hadn't read into it. Yeah. And in the opening fairy tale land scenes, it's really interesting to hear the evil queen's perspective on Snow. She turns everything around that Snow is the bandit, the thief, and even the murderer of her own father. Well, of course, that's spinning. As we do know, Regina blames Snow for the loss of Daniel. And in this moment, she is trying to turn the tide against them. She does believe Snow is a villain. She also knows public opinion is not with her. So she has created a story. And as we see, that story has not really, you know, landed with everyone. And why does Regina allow Rumpel to shapeshift her? I mean, it's completely vulnerable. Now he's in complete control of her powers. It's something that we see in Regina all the time. She's a hothead and her mom was a hothead. It's why her mother said, I could spin straw into gold, too bad you don't get it. It's the way that Regina constantly will go head first. She's got a temper. She doesn't think it through. In her mind, the capturing of Snow White will outweigh the loss of control because in her mind, she's too close and Rumple just knows how to play her numbers and he knows how to push her buttons. And so she made a mistake, but clearly as we see, she uh, learned that spell. And in Land, when Regina's disguised in the town center, she does actually receive a taste of her own treatment. I think what's interesting about this story for us was you think she didn't care that she was called the evil queen and you actually see that it really affected her. It actually hurt her feelings. And what we loved about the tragedy of this story was that there was a moment where she was going to say, I'm going to give up on revenge. I'm going to allow Snow White back in. That's how I'll get people to love me. But when the act of anger, the village genocide, if you will, in the opening comes back to haunt her, you realize once again, that is kind of a pattern in her life. She goes to enact the curse and is willing to get rid of uh, Hook to do it. And then, of course, that was her undoing. And it is really interesting. When Snow is caring for her in the forest, she actually hears a completely different story of what happened to Snow. It's, It's a new perspective for her because she sees things so differently to how we have seen them. Yeah, and I think also in that moment, it would have been a lot easier to hear that Snow White hated her as much as she hates her because it's easier to kill her. And in the scene where she has the sword and you see Snow White's neck, she says, if she was in front of you, would you do the same? It was in a weird way she wanted to justify it. And you know, the queen this year is really like somebody who's trying to stay off the bottle and she keeps getting back on. And that's how her relationship with darkness is, which is deep down, she 
wants to return to the person she was in the Stable Boy episode when she was in love with Daniel, but sometimes she takes the easy way out and she ends up paying for it. Just in that same scene, when they are walking in the forest, Snow talks about forgiveness, and then she recants it after she sees the genocide. Yeah. Snow has a good heart, especially at that point. It hasn't been blackened, it hasn't been broiled or burned or anything. And, you know, and she likes to believe in those ideals, but when confronted with just such a horrendous act, you know, even she is put to the limit of what she can forgive. I think in that moment she also feels guilt. These people helped her and now they died because of it. And she thinks anyone who would do that to people that were defenseless is not worth anything. But we realize she has a complicated relationship with Regina too, you know. Regina consistently grabs the darkness and Snow constantly flirts with it. You know, and I think that's the truth about people. <clears throat> There's the hard way and the easy way. And even when Snow and David are discussing going back to fairy tale land on the bench, they talk about the implications of bringing Regina with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like in that moment, Mary Margaret is saying the truth, which is we can't just leave her here. It's Henry's mom. And David is like, look, I'm tired of giving her second chances. Every time we do, it comes back to haunt us. So I'll lock her in a cage or I'll leave her here, but I'm no longer entertaining the thought of saving her. But at the same respect, I think he understands Snow feels a certain amount of guilt for killing her mom and knows that her heart needs to be lightened. You know, I think it's what David said to her, because David has repeatedly been okay with killing Regina, but he says, Snow, you won't be able to live with yourself. And I think that that's what we're seeing. And Emma's spidey sense kicks into overdrive during her exchange with Tamara. Yeah. But then Snow questions it, and so does Neil later on. Well, you know, we have seen in the past that it is not a perfect superpower, but what we've always done is when her emotions cloud her judgment, it makes her off. And I think that's true of everyone. And Emma says she didn't want to tell Neil until she had proof. But even after Neil reveals that there's nothing under the floorboard, I feel that Emma planted a seed, just this tiny seed of doubt in his mind. Am I reading too much into it? Probably. I think what makes it hard for Emma, you know, the truth is, is because there is the implication that everyone thinks it's just she's not over her boyfriend. But we know she's right, and that's to us what makes it juicy. She's a lot like Rumpel. You know, as we said in the last episode, Rumpel gave Belle the library, but instead of admitting he did something nice, he's like, it's just another room to clean. I think Emma would, in a lot of ways, refuse to admit she has feelings for Neil unless she was really pushed to. Right, and I have to say that my skin crawled when Regina tells Henry she's gonna kill everyone and then wipes his memory. Yeah. She had to tell someone, and this is, you know, the person she loves most, and she knows that telling him that would elicit the reaction it did, but she had to get it out there and get it off her chest. And then she had to see that she could wipe his memory. In that moment, it tells her her plan could work. She could do all those things. Right. Now, of course, she obviously went in knowing that that spell would work, but for us, the way we wrote that scene is, you know, the line when she says, I have no one to talk to, is you realize she's lonely. And you realize when she heard David and Margaret say we're out of second chances, she now regrets going with her mother. She actually was on the way to winning everyone back, but it was taking too long and she felt they'd never forgive them. And I think deep down she knows they never will. So in her mind, she can be the hero Henry wants. She can steal their plan. I'll go back, I'll get rid of the ogres, I will rebuild it. My son will look at me as a hero. I just need to do that one last bad thing. So it was almost a confession, Henry, 
If I just do one more act of evil, I swear I'll never touch the bottle again. I do get the sense that Regina just never takes responsibility for her actions. She's constantly referring to everyone else, making her the evil queen. Yeah. They made me this way. Well, I think her warped perspective is that she was just somebody who was in love with a stable boy and wanted to run off, and she got pushed into this life by her mom. And when she got there, as we saw last year in the um, episode where she first came to court, you know, she felt lonely as she said to the genie, Sydney. In her mind, she felt like I was pushed into this, but of course, deep down, she knows, as we've seen in moments of candor, like with Archie, she knows she's done a lot of bad. Look, there's no doubt she's had a lot of bad breaks and she's been pushed in a lot of ways, but she made choices of how to react and how to act and what to do and those choices were not always good ones. For us, it's what makes her human, which is it's so much easier to blame everyone else than ourselves. And it's not until we blame ourselves that we can move on and, and heal. Right, so just following on the Hook storyline, in the scene under the library, Hook says to Regina, do you ever wonder if this constant pursuit for revenge is the reason why we have no one who cares for us? I love those lines yeah. when he's talking to her. It's incredibly insightful. It's kind of what we talked about last week, which was, you know, when he looked out the window and he saw gold, what he was really seeing was a man that was with a woman and he was in love. And he realizes he has nobody. And when he thought he killed Rumpel, he's like, it still didn't do it. And I think right now he's actually beginning to question whether this is worth it, whether the revenge is worth it. What Regina's saying about starting over, that's actually starting to sound good. Maybe it's time for him to say, I need to move on from my revenge and I need to move on from Mila. And he has a really good perspective coming from the fact that he thought that he'd accomplished it and then he goes on to say it's an end not a beginning which is what you mentioned earlier yeah but it just doesn't register with Regina well in her mind it registers in the fact that she is going to do this one deed and this is different because I love someone and someone loves me and it's Henry and I'm going to take him and we're going to go to the enchanted forest and we're going to rebuild our lives you're the one that has no one because in her mind she's not doing this for revenge in her mind, she's doing it because as long as there are people alive to remind her that she was the evil queen, she'll never get a fresh start. So if she can just erase it all and hit a do-over. But we know in life, most of the time, you don't get a do-over. And I had assumed that Maleficent was killed by Emma. I have to admit that I'm rather happy that she wasn't. Well, well she, she was, was kind of killed, killed by Emma. The idea is that she created a protection for this failsafe. And whether Maleficent was dead or alive, her essence would protect it. So she was killed last year. You saw it was the ashes. It was, yes. the, it, was, yeah. it was the ashes of what she was that were under the influence of Regina's spell, that, that part of the curse that Regina had created to protect the failsafe. So even though Maleficent was dead, she was conjured up to continually protect that failsafe from anyone getting it but Regina. So is Tamara actually going down the list neutralizing the people with magic? I think she's actually just kind of finding out who's in town and who they are. She's sort of cataloging it. You know, I think when you're uh, you're doing intelligence, that requires everything. She's obviously been studying for a long time. Yes. So what's your favorite scene or moment from this episode? My favorite scene is the scene when Snow White is taking care of Regina and she talks about the goodness in her heart and she says, someone saved me. And you see how that affects Regina. That's probably my favorite moment. I like the ending. I like when uh, Greg and Tamara bag Regina and we see that Hook has been duplicitous. 
Never trust a pirate. Yeah, I have to admit, I wanted it to continue. As soon as the hood went on, I was like, what? The episode's over? Yeah. <laughs> we have a couple of Twitter questions for you. Karen Nobriga asks, Regina said she could teach Henry magic before she knew Emma had any magical ability. So can anyone learn magic to a certain degree? I think that there are people who have inherent magical abilities. I think in that moment, all Regina was trying to do was to get Henry to love her. So she was desperate. She showed him the cupcake. She says, you can learn magic. My friends, you can make them like you. But whether or not Henry has magic inside of him is a question that you know, we'll have to explore. But she very well could have been saying that just to try to lure him in or she senses magic in him and she said it. Now, the other question is, some people can learn magic, but how many people don't realize they already have it within them, like Emma? And Debbie at Electric Forever asks, will we ever find out who wrote the book in no. season two? But that is something we will find out eventually. And Lish asks, is there any symbolism with Emma's look lately? She went from a red jacket and curly locks to straight hair and a pirate looking coat. I think that like anyone, sometimes you get bored with your clothing. And I think that Emma loves the red jacket and there's no denying that is iconic. But like anybody, sometimes the weather changes and you wanna put on a warmer coat and change your hair. I know that if you looked at a picture of me 10 years ago, I would look a lot different than I do today. It is pretty chilly where they're filming. Yes, Vancouver is chilly. That red jacket does not guard against the cold all the time. Well, Eddie Nenham, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for watching and listening. And thank you everyone for listening and tuning in. If you'd like to be part of our next session, please tweet your question to at ABC underscore publicity. And please join Eddie and Adam next week and tune in to Once Upon a Time, Sundays 8, 7 central on ABC and available the following day at abc.com. <laughs>